And so now we are in the situation where they're hit on both sides. They are firefighting mindset, basically looking to survive. You're listening to GEP Insights for intelligent procurement and supply conversation. This is GEP Insights. I'm Paul Blake. Welcome to the conversation. In this series, we're looking at the immediate impact of the coronavirus pandemic on our businesses and industry at large. And we're looking at the strategies and tactics that organisations can use to mitigate the impact of this crisis and others potentially in the future. Today, of course, we're all focused on the immediate situation and the challenges that are right here, right now. But of course, there has to be a longer term strategy if we're to weather crises like this in the future. With me today to discuss these matters is Mukund Acharya, Vice President at GEP. Welcome, Mukund. Thank you, Paul. And so, if you would, please tell our audience a little bit about yourself and about your experience in the field. Happy to do so. Uh, so, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Mukund Acharya. As Paul mentioned, I'm a Vice President and Global Delivery at GEP. Um, I have about 20 years experience, probably the last 15 focused more on the retail and CPG sectors. Uh, my areas of focus have included uh, merchandising strategy, supply chain, and procurement. So I would say probably in the last 10 to 12 years, the focus has been more on the procurement side, looking at ways we can help uh, companies in the retail space effectively use their assets and save money. Thank you. Now, with retail and supply being in a very unusual place right now, uh, Mukund, begin if you would by telling us what has been going on in the immediate run-up to the coronavirus crisis in the retail sector, and what are you seeing happening right now? Yeah, so some quick background. Retail had a good resurgence between 2000 and 2005, maybe even six. Um, Then we had the crisis, the financial crisis in 2008, and during that period, Amazon started playing a bigger role in retail. They've always been in retail, but the impact we started seeing was more outside the immediate space. They started building out their private label brands. They competed very aggressively in other areas outside the original books and CDs segments. And so in the last five to seven years, retailers have really struggled against Amazon and its e-commerce and fulfillment capabilities. So they walked into this crisis, the COVID-19 crisis, with all that baggage. They had to deal with uh, and struggle against Amazon and to some level Walmart and Target. And when COVID hit, they really didn't have a a strong base to work from. The other challenge with the COVID-19 crisis was that even though the signs were seen in China probably in the November, December timeframe, there was really no true strategy. Uh, supplies were being impacted, the supply chain was being impacted, but the general feeling, at least looking at North America, was one of, it's something that will happen, it may peak and then go away. Unfortunately, it didn't. And so a lot of the retailers were caught flat-footed. Once the supply piece dried up, the other thing we noticed was the, uh, uh, the revenue side was also impacted. Uh, Some of it for for luxury retailers such as Estee Lauder in uh, China. They're the ones that first noticed this impact. And then once it hit the U.S. and once uh, the nation went into a lockdown, 
a lot of the foot traffic disappeared. And so now these same retailers with their high fixed costs in stores had the double impact of uh, sporadic to non-existent supply, but also even worse, non-existent demand. And so now we're in the situation where they're hit on both sides. They are in a firefighting mindset, uh, basically looking to survive. So with the immediate impact of COVID-19 coming on top of those other pressures, do you think this is really very damaging to the sector? Do you think that retail can recover to where it was prior to the pandemic? Or will we see a mix of those who make it through relatively unscathed and those who don't? Well, I don't want to sound like a pessimist, but unfortunately, I think this is another impact that a lot of retailers will struggle to recover from. Um, I think the big ones, Target, Walmart, uh, are good examples. They'll survive. They might even thrive. The smaller ones, the mass mass merchandise, uh, when they come out of this, they'll come out a much smaller company. And I'm I'm not quite sure what they view as their strategy, but at this point, it looks like they will be significantly impacted by this. Yeah, okay. Okay, Mokan, what, what are you seeing as the type of responses that companies are making right now to the immediate crisis? So they've actually moved fairly aggressively. So we've seen uh, on the retailer side, we've seen store closures. We've seen uh, furloughing of employees. Um, We've seen a reduction or complete cancellation of all large CapEx projects. So the, the, the overall overarching mindset is one of saving money. And it's not saving money with uh, long-term strategic programs. It's we need to save money in the next 30, 60, and 90 days. So um, just broadly, a combination of things we've seen. One is uh, focusing on a reprioritization and refocus. So moving away from some of these large capital intensive or transformation type of projects to something more tactical, looking at demand management to cut spend where possible down to zero. Um, Looking at rapid sourcing programs that drive uh, savings today. So they're the ones that focus more on negotiations of incumbent suppliers rather than doing longer term RFPs. These are not optimal, but these are the best things they can do at this point, and a lot of them are doing it. Uh, the other thing, too, which we see, it, but not consistently, is um, having a very focused response teams or SWAT teams that, fo- that really target savings across the organization and have a strong mandate from the CEO. Uh, this is something that's critical given the time component. And so we've seen it in a few retailers, um, but not it's not something that we've seen consistent across all. Um, and I think that's one of the gaps that hopefully we can fill uh, or retailers can fill quickly, making quick some of these decisions and implementing them as their only uh, survival mechanism. Interesting. You mentioned the postponement or the uh, hiatus of some major projects, CapEx, innovation projects, and so on. But is there a risk that by focusing right now on the short term or focusing on pure cost savings, that some of those projects that might well have been essential for the longevity of those companies, especially in the retail sector, those transformational projects that should be getting those organizations onto the right footing for the longer term, say, is there a risk that some of those projects might be shelved indefinitely and that there won't be an appetite to return to them? 
because of the fear that of investment, um, should there be a second wave of, of, of the crisis or indeed some other crisis that, uh, that arises? I think it will impact some of them. Um, unfortunately, they don't have the luxury of doing both. And so it is a little bit of uh, mortgaging, your mortgaging your future for today's gains. Um, Having said that, yes, they should focus in the short term because that is a survival mechanism. Again, not across every company in the industry, but select companies. And most of them know who they are. If they are a an apparel retailer that's struggling or that was struggling even before it got into the situation, they, they have no flexibility on this. They have to. They have to cut. They have to survive the next three months. Otherwise, uh, longer term programs won't save them. Um, in some cases, there is a danger, especially if you look at uh, companies that have a strong direct uh, uh, competition with Amazon. Amazon's strength in fulfillment and distribution, its technology platform is outstanding. But we do see that a lot of the larger companies are who are relatively well-funded are looking to continue to focus. It does help them really focus on what makes a difference. I think some of the, probably the less soft on the ROI side, less softer projects and programs will get shut down or will get looked at very carefully in the future. But that's a decision that every company has to balance. Yes. Yeah. So what role, let me ask you this, what role do you think technology has to play in the immediate and longer term responses? Uh, are you seeing organizations, for example, hampered by the current technology they have with it being slow to adapt and lacking the agility that, that companies are looking for right now. Also, are you seeing any that are making the right moves because they have more flexible systems behind them? So technology is here to stay. I think that's a given. It's a question of, as you said, what technologies are being used. So having a giant ERP system is great. It gives you the the flexibility to run your uh, the backbone for your company. But there are lots of other systems that focus on supply chain visibility, or they focus on the ability to manage and maintain spend control towers. They look at the money you save on a sourcing event is reflected in the budget, these budget-to-pay capabilities. The companies that are doing these, I think, are very, very limited number. I think some of it is simply the fact that these technologies are not that well known, or they were not are not as well known as they were as they are now. They um, are niche, but they are actually critical. They're almost mission critical. No, as a retailer, knowing what all my inventory stocking points, knowing exactly how much product I have at every every node in my system, the cost to move the inventory, the cost to uh, hold the inventory. Uh, being able to dynamically balance inventory or pool them across multiple channels. Um, very few systems can do that effectively. So the investment in technology isn't a, an investment in a three-year ERP system. It's an investment in a three-month system that gives you this visibility that which lets you make these decisions. Some of, the, some of them will impact today, for example, the budget to pay, and some of them will impact and support the uh, companies after the next three to six months when business and operations now move forward. Uh, there's much more clarity in the supply base. There's much more uh, uh, visibility into inventory and the costs and challenges of managing that inventory. Well, that's been very interesting. Thank you. So Mukund, 
If I could ask you to summarize the advice you have for companies, especially in the retail sector, in just a few key points for today, tomorrow, and the longer term, what would, what would you say? I think the short term, cut CapEx, focus on a rapid sourcing module, or I wouldn't say module, I would say capability. Focus on a team of uh, professionals who can quickly go through the spend, quickly identify and implement uh, projects with savings, especially around incumbent negotiations. Uh, People who can work with suppliers and understand, especially for the tier one critical suppliers, what are some of the, the capabilities that could help you in the short term. So in other words, look for cash flow savings and, and move quickly, make these changes and make them in a, you know, make big changes rather than small incremental ones. That's in the short term. In the longer term, the ability to look at your supply chain more holistically in terms of having uh, a visibility or looking at the ability to handle budget to pay systems, uh, those would be critical. The other third piece that People have spoken about for years, and it's it's always it's never really really implemented well. Is supply risk management, and so when you look at supply risk, it's not simply knowing the financials of your supplier, but understanding the environment they operate in, and also looking at their suppliers. We sometimes stop at the tier one and the level one, but we need to know who our supplier suppliers are. How will they be impacted in any crisis? How will they handle changes to uh, uh, their uh, capacity. So having a more holistic view of supply risk and then having a supply chain that can adjust to that is key. But that's not a quick fix. That is a uh, longer-term fix, and it takes a certain amount of focus, investment, and risk to make sure that those are implemented properly. Well, thank you, Mukundacharya. Uh, very interesting perspectives in a time of great complexity for this and other sectors. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Paul. It was a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of GEP Insights, the Intelligent Procurement and Supply Podcast. I've been your host, Paul Blake, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon.